Next on BYU Sports Nation, NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young in studio discussing his new book, Kicking Field Goals, and why he loves what BYU football is doing. BYU basketball debuts tonight in the Cougar tip-off. What are your way-too-early expectations for Cougar hoops? Assistant coach Terry Nashif in studio with the latest on the health of this year's team, plus Kyle Van Noy and Tom Brady are now NFL teammates. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, October 26th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in, it's great to have you with us. Yeah. I am Spencer Linton teamed up with Halloween candy inspector Jerem Jordan. I do love uh, nerds. That's my favorite candy. So around Halloween, the really small boxes, oh, I'll down a dozen of those in a sitting, man. Just boom, let's go. Is that what you prepare your house with on Halloween night then? My wife's the that. <laughs> she bought the candy like at the beginning of October from Costco. On sale. And it's been there. Yeah, it's been there for like the whole month just sitting by our door, so I'm like, okay. So nerds is. Would you say that is your favorite Halloween candy? Yeah. Anything come close to that? No. I was debating this last night, probably for like 20 minutes. Not Tootsie Rolls, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Classic. It's like, oh man. You know who loves Tootsie Rolls and the blue ones? Terry Nashif. That's he, right. He will join us on the show today. That's right. He said that on the show one time, and then George Tate, one of our uh, guys in Master Control. Uh, had had some, and as Terry walked out, he said, "Hey, here's some uh, blue tootsie rolls." <laughs> as he walked out of the building, yeah, ask and you shall receive, or at least yeah. present it and you shall receive. Yeah. By the way, I was at a trunk or treat last night, and this is the new fad across uh, you know Mormon culture to gather with uh, people in your denomination of your church, and you let your kids trick or treat out of trunks. You park your cars in a big parking lot, and they walk around. Because one day is not enough. Next Monday is not enough. But here's the thing. Is that <laughs> taking away from the actual Halloween? Like, I don't, I don't, I think we maybe had one or two trick-or-treaters the past few years show up at our doorstep on actual Halloween. Oh, really? No, it's a, it's a thing in my neighborhood. Good. I'm not even Good. there, though. I'm out with my kid. So we actually bring over one of my wife's sisters, and she's on duty <laughs> at the house because I'm going to enjoy it with my kid. Yeah, you pass out the candy. I'm going to go out. Yeah, and there's plenty of candy on today's show, by the way. Cougar tip-off tonight. Steve Young's on the show today. Steve Young is on the show today, so hang out with us. Talks about his new book and a lot of other things. Yeah, trick-or-treat, Steve Young. Yeah, baby. Joining us in Studio B. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball hooping it up tonight at the annual Cougar tip-off. Ball night! Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern fans can watch the scrimmage free in the Marriott Center and worldwide live on BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app. Jerem Jordan and I will have the call courtside from the Marriott Center. I'm stoked for this. They, for years, BYU fans have wanted to see this group together. And so your first look at this team is tonight on the BYU TV app and BYUtv.org. Head coach Dave Rose gave an update on some injured players yesterday, Elijah Bryant and LJ Rose. He said Bryant is close, but doesn't expect him to play this week. Remember, Cougar tip-off tonight, exhibition versus Seattle Pacific on BYU TV Saturday night. And Rose, uh, LJ Rose, that is, is still working his way back from an injured ankle, but hopes... He can play. Rose hopes Rose can play tonight. 
Yeah, we all hope that. Assistant coach Terry Nashif will join us in about 12 minutes, as we mentioned, to preview tonight's Cougar tip-off and what he wants to see. Did you hear the New England Patriots have acquired former BYU linebacker Kyle Van Noy? Well then! From the Detroit Lions in exchange for a sixth-round draft pick next year. Van Noy Sweet. hits the jackpot! You can get a Super Bowl ring, maybe? He could. This is fantastic um, because hopefully the Patriots can do more with him. He's kind of been hurt, um, but he's been playing this year for the Lions, so the fact that the Lions, uh, or the Patriots rather, wanted Van Noy is great. I love it. He's finally in that starting rotation at Detroit, and now he's moving to New England to yeah. play for Bill Belichick. Uh, we were really excited that Kyle Collinsworth. Kyle Van Noy, <laughs> not Collinsworth, is on our team. <laughs> BYU moves up a spot in the NSCAA coaches poll to number five in women's soccer. The Cougars have been ranked in the top ten for not one, two, three, four, nine straight weeks now, which is pretty awesome. Just keep that RPI high, and you got a great shot to host multiple NCAA tournament matches. St. Mary's and Pacific this week on the road. Gonzaga at home next week, and then it's the NCAA tournament. Two weeks. We gave Ashley Hatch the karma yesterday to go and play on the road against the two worst teams in the West Coast Conference. Yep, two goals this week at least from Ashley. <laughs> Back in the national lead, we shall see. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. From way downtown, long-distance projections. BYU basketball begins a new era of sorts Tonight in the Cougar tip-off, gone is the backcourt of triple-double king Kyle Collinsworth and sharp-shooting West Virginian Chase Fisher. And in comes a bevy of new players, including the long-awaited reuniting on the court of the Lone Peak Three. Okay, get those guys on the floor. Now it's about defining roles. And it's hard in these exhibition games, especially with a young group, is is that there, there basically are no roles defined at all in this team. We, we're all kind of starting from scratch. Okay, so you got no to start from defined, scratch. No roles defined, huh? It's, it's early. I thought some roles would be carved out in some way, right? But I guess not. You need games to figure that out, I guess. It's one thing to practice, another to actually do the show. It is very early, and that is the operative word today in our Twitter question. What are your way too early expectations for this BYU basketball team? It's October 26th. There's a certain hat on this uh, set that hopefully we won't see for a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, use the hashtag BYUSN at Cool Cougar. I'm just expecting to watch some quality, exciting basketball in Provo. It's a great time to be a fan. And amen to that. This schedule, this new coaching staff, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, the Lone Peak 3, and basketball, and the Annex, and this is a great soccer, volleyball, cross-country, ranked top 25. This is a very fun time to be a BYU sports fan. Every new season brings with it a ton of questions, but this specific BYU basketball team is so very different from just one year ago. Wild. You almost have no idea what to expect right now. Especially initially. Yeah. The talent level is unprecedented, right, when you look at the number of ESPN top 100 high school prospects on the current roster? Six. There are six. good. But BYU is so young, and naturally this team doesn't exactly return a wealth of experience because of that youth, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Tell them what they've won. Ten of the 15 rostered BYU basketball players are underclassmen, meaning freshmen or sophomores. Two seniors, Kyle Davis 
and LJ Rose, three juniors, and then a bunch of other guys that are freshmen and sophomores. <laughs> this team is sophomore-driven, which is pretty crazy. Elijah Bryant, Nick Emery, Eric Mika, sophomores, right? And, and those, to me, are your top three leading scorers on this team. When you talk year. about returners from last year that played significant time, uh, on the opening day roster, Nick Emery and Kyle Davis. Corbin uh, Kafusi will join the team after football. We don't know if that's after the regular season or bowl game. But this team's two, so young. Two guys? This team's so young. So I expect this team to be good. Here, w- we sat down and went over the schedule and projected the overall record and conference record. Here's what we came up with. 24-7 and seven in the regular season. 14-4 mm-hmm. and four in league. 25 is the magic number. You get to 25, you're probably in the NCAA tournament. Yes, sir. So that's before Vegas. WCC tournament. So if BYU wins one game in Vegas, we think they're going to get in. Yes. Gonzaga and St. Mary's are really good this year. On paper, they are better than BYU. But by the end, we'll see what the Cougars turn out to be. Uh, Spencer, I give them until February to figure it out. Because wow, this you give them is, a long time. Remember Nick Emery last year? How long before Nick Emery like, showed up as Nick Emery? Late January, early February. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Lacerated foot, freshman year, uh, mixing with... Fisher and Collinsworth, and trying to figure that out. Dave McCann, during the NIT coverage, said a month ago, this is in March, a month ago, this became Nick Emery's team. And I thought, he's crazy. And then I thought, no, 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 he's right. This is Nick Emery's team right now. Nick Emery is the veteran returner, along with Kyle Davis, from last year's team. What are fair expectations for a team that is so young? Jerem says, give them till February to get really good and to figure out what they are. Dave Rose offered some insight with us back on June 9th. As a coaching staff, we're excited to get them all here. But uh, there's, there's real concern in uh, the youth of this group, the inexperience of this group, and how the, the expectations are really high. And they're, they're high for every team. But I think with this team, it might be uh, you know, a, a little bit uh, – um, you know, unfair. When you look back at what BYU has done in the West Coast Conference in five years, one time they have finished with four losses. That was season number one, 12 and four, before Pacific that's, had joined. That's pretty wild. To, to me, yeah. And, and look at this. Gonzaga and St. Mary's right now, Joey Brackets uh, has them in, in the dance as like a five and a seven seed. They're right? going to be preseason top 20 teams probably. Which, which is pretty crazy. I don't, I don't get the respect for St. Mary's to be honest. But... I think they're good. I don't think they're that good. I think this team uh, could compete for second place in the West Coast Conference and be bubblicious again. That's my expectation for this team, which is good. I, th- I think they'll make the NCAA tournament. And as a young group, I mean, injuries happen. BYU already has injuries. Elijah Bryant, your would-be starting point guard, if he's healthy, he's the starter at point guard, uh, injured his knee. And, and we hope to see him uh, in the Princeton game to start the season. We've presented our numbers in terms of projections, 24-7 and seven overall in the regular season, 14-4 and four in the West Coast Conference. We both think BYU gets to 25 wins, which, according to what we had just said, would mean one win at the West Coast Conference Tournament, and they're in. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and then you'll see what happens in the semis. You win that semi, boom, you're in. And, but that's now. We'll see, like BYU football, we'll see how it plays out. Who's better in the WCC than we thought? Can any of the bottom seven do anything? Is that derogatory, mm. calling them the bottom seven? <laughs> it's on purpose. <laughs> it is, yes, calculated. <laughs> Damon Stoudemire and the Pacific Tigers. Or Terry Porter and the which Portland is, Which Pilots. is awesome, dude. I grew up in Rip City, and I love Terry Porter. He was on my <laughs> wall on a poster. In terms of gameplay and what I expect, 
I am anticipating BYU will play with a fearless mentality because the core of this team, Nick Emery, TJ Haas, Eric Mika, Kyle Davis, they've played against the best of the best growing up in AAU. They're back together. They're not going to be afraid of anything. They've played against guys that are now in the NBA for crying out loud. Quite a few guys. So it's like, why would we be afraid? Yeah, those guys are getting the NBA paychecks, and these guys are getting the scholarships. There you go. Yeah, I expect balanced scoring from the front court and the back court because Mm -hmm. BYU will have an inside presence with the addition of Eric Mika and Yoli Childs to Kyle Davis. And it's not just Kyle Davis. Although Kyle Davis was good, 12 and and 7.5 last year. Can, Can Eric Mika continue to improve? Because I think he's an NBA prospect. I think after Eric Mika's junior year, there's a, there's a chance he's you know in a, a lottery pick kind of guy. I think he's that good potentially. Now with the youth of a team and that fearless mentality that I think and I feel BYU has on the floor, I believe they're going to shock some teams. They're going to win some games that people are like, "Whoa, this this BYU team is good because they play with that." I don't want to call it a reckless abandon, but they just the Nick Emery mentality of. Hey, if you're not going to guard me, I'm going to shoot it from 30 feet and I'm going to make it. And I'm going to smile at you the whole way back down the court. Yeah, you know? The Butch Powell effect. Yes. Is what, that's what we call it. Absolutely. So while they're in search <laughs> of an identity early for roles and some youthful mistakes are going to be imminent because they are young, I think this is a good BYU basketball team. And I like this schedule. I think the BYU can warm up pretty well to conference play. 13 games. BYU plays in three NBA arenas. They get to play in, in uh, Staples and United Center and Vivint. I, I think the schedule's good. And our first look at them is tonight. What are your way too early expectations? Send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. Still to come, our interview with NFL Hall of Famer and BYU legend Steve Young. What did he learn about his himself and his new autobiography? Plus, Terry Nashif, the BYU basketball assistant in studio. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation is happening right this minute on Twitter. Join us, won't you? Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. And tonight you can watch the Cougar tip-off at 9 Eastern time, uh, live from the Marriott Center with Spencer and I on the call uh, on the BYUTV.org website and use the BYUTV app. It's free. It's on almost every uh, device, whether that's a phone or a tablet. or It's on almost all of them. So if you have an Apple TV or a Roku or an Xbox One or an Xbox 360 or a Chromecast or an Amazon Fire, it's on those. So check it out. You have no excuse. If you have I any think I listed them all. I may have missed one. Of social yeah. media or any sort of technology, free! you can find it for free. Our Twitter question today, we're shooting from half court, man. What are your way too early expectations for this BYU basketball team? At Linz and Carroll says, packed arena, psyched fans, close games, Emory excellence, and tons of dollar cougar tails to go around. That sounds amazing. Let's go. Let's start the season. Can it be November 14th already? <laughs> No, because it's October 26th, and we got to do the Cougar tip-off first. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Fair enough. BYU basketball's offense has been ranked in the top 10 in the nation in points per game in each of the last three seasons. Thanks in large part to the coaching and efforts of our first studio guest, the pride of Evergreen High School in Washington State, yeah. Terry Nashiff. Mighty Plainsman. There you, oh, the Plainsman. Oh, yeah. The Plainsman. Oh, yeah. The Plainsman. Yeah. I would have gone to Evergreen had I not moved from Vancouver, so Terry and I have that connection. Terry was the student body president, and uh, basically, if, you, if there was something cool that was happening in Evergreen High School, it was Terry, right? 
I'm not so sure about that. I think uh, Bryce Mawika and the Mawikas, you guys know about oh, okay. them. There was some okay. cool stuff going on with them Bryce as well. killed me in track in elementary yeah. school. Yeah, <laughs> he, he killed everyone he, in yeah, track. Yeah, he he killed the high school kids when he was in elementary school, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, so those that didn't see you come into Studio B, you're, you're wheeling around, man. How, how is, uh, how's your foot doing and, and the wheel? It's good. Um, I'm figuring out the scooter a little bit better. and I went to the cane for a couple weeks. Now I'm back on the scooter, so... Uh, hopefully it'll go. Yeah, wow. went to the cane. Went to the cane. Yeah, on Amazon. My wife got it for me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things she thought she wouldn't need for you soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a, way too early. Speaking of way too yeah, early, way too, way early, too early, early to be getting a cane for <laughs> yeah. your husband. Exactly. So. It does seem distinguished to have a cane, yeah. though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be back to the cane soon. But so another okay. couple weeks on the scooter. So how does this uh, foot injury of yours change your coaching style? Because you do you like to hop around? You, you generally kind of... Just, you're pretty calm. You do the hand signals, you know. So, are you still good? Yeah, I haven't coached in you know in a game, but in practice, I'm out there and back. Uh, yesterday, Nick, I was in the way. Nick came at me, knocked my glasses off. I can't get out of the way as quickly. But other than that, we're good. He kept Offensive going. Foul, Everything's fine. No, Nick it was Henry. fine. No, it was it was a block. No question. I was moving. <laughs> I was moving. I was trying to go backwards out of off the well, court. Well, so. WCC ref. So who knows? Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's touche. <laughs> oh my goodness! This this team um, for several. I put you in a fun position. <laughs> for several years, BYU fans have been excited about this particular group of guys. Um, so, what's it like the last couple of weeks to gather these guys together, try and figure out who you are, and then tonight for the first time you actually get a. Uh, you had boom shakalaka, but you get a kind of scrimmage elongated in an elongated format. I think uh, this team is a little bit unique in how many new guys we have that we brought in and we need to kind of find our way. Last year we had somewhat of a veteran team and then we also went to Spain. So we started in August for real, had six games over there, uh, played some games over there and then um, came into it. And so we really knew what we had this year. Every year going in, we try to put our schemes together to fit our personnel, uh, try to find where the heart of our team is. Coach talked about that in his very first interview when he got the job. I remember like it was yesterday, he said, we're going to find the heart of the team, the competitive heart, and then we're going to build right around that. And so we're looking to find that still. Um, and it's a, it's a fun process. It's exciting. It's young kids. They want to learn. They want to play the way that coach has um, played over the years. That's why they came here. And they're excited to learn from him and, and the style that he plays. How long does it take a team to or a coaching staff to find the the competitive heart of a team per se every year is absolutely different and sometimes you never find it sometimes it's bouncing around and you don't really find it and you struggle in games you shouldn't struggle in and and uh you can kind of tell on the outside when we haven't found that but we're we're excited about this group and uh there's so many competitors and there's so much talent i think that's why everyone's so excited about it you look at the numbers by all their names and the talent um and then the youth part of that is is great it's energetic it's exciting also scary at times but it's a it's a it's a fun time for us we still haven't found the competitive part of this show so just just so you know it does take a while i agree with you um how have you tailored the offense to this personnel this season i think this personnel is a little bit different we're going to play two posts a lot uh you look at our our post guys and we're going to play two of them at most times you know you remember zach last year and you remember you know going back through the years that we like to play Four guards, we feel like you can really spread the floor. But with the talent that we have in our, our post, we're going to play two of them. So that's a little bit different. You talk about our guard line, and I feel like all of our guards are going to re- require on a ball screen you go over the top of them. That's a little bit different with all of our guys coming off, and so they're not going to be able to go under those screens. They're going to have to come over the top. We're going to set some more ball screens. Um, we feel like we have to occupy the help with our four men. 
that's obviously a, a challenge at times. St. Mary's does it by having a foreman that can really shoot it. Gonzaga does it by having a foreman that is really good low post scorer. And if you help, they're, they're screening. We're going to try to occupy that help by setting more ball screens and then by obviously diving to the opposite block like we've done for a long time. What do you want to see tonight in the Cougar tip-off from your team, given you know the question marks that are surrounding uh, the, the youth movement on this team? I think translation from practice to uh, games, translation from practice to people in the seats. When those lights come on, it's a little bit different. We practice in there a lot. Uh, but when you turn lights on and put people in, in the seats and all of a sudden people are tracking what's going on, and it just makes you feel a little bit different. How quickly can they overcome that? feeling and get settled down and play right sometimes it speeds us up sometimes it slows us down had a tendency to slow us down the other night in boom shakalaka we're hoping it speeds us up tonight Um, but that's what we want to see is just executing the things that we've done in practice and uh, making it look like practice in a game playing together playing on attack like we've done for years what kind of challenge is it um, not to have the full team together because lg rose has uh, an ankle injury. Uh, Elijah Bryant has a knee injury. Corbin Kafusi is tr- uh, blocking kicks uh, on the football team. <laughs> Eventually, you, you'll get those 15 guys together, but it's not necessarily right now on the court, right? And, and when you talk about putting plays in for personnel, uh, we feel like we're putting plays in for personnel that aren't out there right now. And so it's difficult. You know, it may not look the best, but you can't say this isn't going to work because we don't have those guys in there at those times. And we've got other guys filling in because of that and playing different spots. And so uh, the biggest thing for these young guys is to play and to get used to playing at a high pace, at the pace we play. Everyone came from different uh, experiences, different styles, and trying to fit them into this. And uh, we we think we're going to be really good uh, because it seems like every year Coach has a team that's really good. And that's what he does. He's 24, 25 games. Games, 26, you know, it's the special years, 30. And uh, we, we feel like we're going to have that again because Coach Rose is leading this team. Yeah, don't take that for granted, oh my BYU goodness. fans. Yeah. Just all he does is win 25 games with his staff. That's, uh, that's a remarkable number. Let's talk about uh, another guy that's getting a lot of preseason attention, and that is Nick Emery. ESPN's projecting him as one of the top 100 players, CBS Sports. All these different uh, preseason awards are coming out. Where is he this year compared to where he was at this point last year? I think if you see Nick, if you've seen him on campus, if you see him on film, you'll notice a difference in the way he looks. His body has changed. He's put on muscle. His endurance has changed. I think there was a kind of a moment in the NIT last year where it had just been going up and down and up and down and up and down. And, and uh, Nick was tired and coach was challenging him and Kalani was loving it over on the, the first or second <laughs> row. And uh, it, w- it was a great moment because uh, Jackson, you know, was in the stands and he was loving it. And uh, Nick is really conditioned to a different spot. He, he rarely comes out of practice. He's going up and down. His body looks great. And I think if you start there with a really, really talented athlete, you're going to see huge improvements. And uh, we love Nick Emery. We love his competitiveness. He's a tremendous athlete, tremendous player. But his conditioning, his physicality have all changed to a different level. Mm. You guys tell me, but I, I see it as far as uh, just watching him and looking at him. Yeah, and it helps not to have a lacerated foot. Uh, it helps to have you know a year and a half away from the surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome and a year under his belt. And so, yeah, big expectations for him. What kind of difference has having the annex, at least the court right now, still working on the rest of it, but having the Marriott Center annex, aka YMCA, in place for you guys? It's it's a game changer. We're always we're out for homecoming spectacular. Um, I hear it's a tremendous event. I haven't been, but uh, <laughs> we're we're in the RB always. And uh, or we're trying to find a different place to practice and we take our guys and watch film up here and then you try to take them out to a different spot, trying to keep, 
you know, everything stay. But coaches are very much into schedules and consistency, and then you can't have consistency with that. Now we come up here, and it, it's awesome. It's right up the right up the stairs, exact same court, exact same hoops, exact same trying to tighten the rims exactly the same so they get the same feel. And uh, it's it's a huge, huge factor for our guys, and we're just really grateful for those that made that possible. All right, Terry, uh, great stuff as always. We're looking forward to the Cougar tip-off, understandably. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, we're, we're part of the uh, BYU Sports Nation entourage that is, is ready to watch the Lone Peak 3 and all these guys. I mean, it's been such a long time since these guys have committed, and now they're finally here at BYU. This is exciting. It's really exciting, and uh, we're, the fans are excited. We're excited, and uh, grateful you guys are going to be there tonight, and we'll see you tonight. Be contact. Okay, some karma to take care of your foot as well. That would be great. Yeah, seriously. That would be great. Get seriously. Terry Nash of Healthy. You can't have Nick Emery plowing you over <laughs> Up next, more of your expectations for BYU Hoops. But first, our conversation with NFL Hall of Famer Steve Young. Why did he decide to open up about his memories like this? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. After further review, if you haven't seen it, you have another chance coming up pretty soon. That's right. Uh, right after the show, so about 30 minutes from now at 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can always catch it on the uh, BYU TV app. All right, my friends. If you have missed anything on the show, it's time that we refresh the BYUSN headlines. Starting with this, BYU basketball hooping it up tonight at the annual Cougar tip-off. Nine Eastern fans can watch the scrimmage live, free in the Marriott Center, and live on BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app. Jerem Jordan and I will have the call courtside from the Marriott Center. It's a ball night, Spencer. Head coach Dave Rose gave an update on injured players yesterday after practice. Elijah Bryant is close, but doesn't expect him to play this week. Uh, there's an exhibition Saturday as well, by the way. And Rose, LJ that is, is still working his way back from an injured ankle, but hopes he can play tonight. The New England Patriots have acquired former BYU linebacker Kyle Van Noy from the Detroit Lions in exchange for a sixth-round draft pick next year. And while we're on the topic of the NFL, former league MVP and Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young has a new autobiography out. It's called... QB, my life behind the spiral. He joined us yesterday in Studio B to discuss why he opened up in a way he never has before. And we started our conversation with something that happened on Monday night when Steve attempted a field goal kick and it didn't go very well. We had we had to address it. Steve Young, we're two on one with the NFL former MVP in Studio B. Steve, it seems like everything's going well for you. Beautiful family, successful career, on ESPN, doing your thing, except for your field goal. Oh, you saw that? I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, so what, bummed. What I, you don't realize. I, I don't. I, I almost. I should have done what Trent did. He opted out. You know, he's like, I'm not going to do that. His shirt was too tight. <laughs> that was funny. But so that Lisa, okay, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but but what happened is I was going to. I'd hit one before. So uh, and by the way, Randy had. Like dress shoes that were flat, like the old, you know, Tom square Dempsey, toe. square uh, toe, like the Tom uh-huh. Dempsey yeah. square toe. Okay, and so I was like, "That's not fair." First of all, and then so I hit the first one, I'm like, "Okay," but it didn't go as far as Moss's one. So I was like, "I gotta let this rip." So I go to let it rip, and I hit a divot that far ahead of the ball, and then dig in, and then almost fall down. I'm like, "Oh, this is <laughs> this is gonna be," you know, because immediately you think to yourself, "Oh, this is bad," yeah. right? Because you and you don't realize there's 
few million people. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get asked about it the next day. Oh, yeah. dang. So, so during the pregame show, you talked to, in Come On Man about Johnny Linehan's play, which was funny. And I thought it was good that you did it because yeah. it was going to be I discussed. had to do it because yeah. otherwise – because it gave me a shout-out to uh, uh, Kalani and, and like how I feel about it. I was like, look, these are my boys. My luck, I know you guys want to lean in. You guys are like, you know, but – Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. There's, there's aggressive and I then there's it. that. But I love but it. Was, I was like, but it was super funny, right? It's fourth and 19, right? You're thinking, yeah. this is going to, he's going to run for 40 because everyone's going to disappear, right? I'm sure that's what the thought was. And to have him just mauled. <laughs> barely. Two yard line. But what he should have done is not come out. Right? Don't come out and get tackled at the two. <laughs> Yeah. Well, amazingly, like just stay in. Like, yeah. like uh, yeah. if I'm not going to make 19, just stay. Don't there. come out of the end zone. Just give up two and move on. Amazingly, yeah. Boise State gets a penalty, gets backed up, kick, kicks a field goal, and misses it. I know. So, so it, zero it, points. It zero points. That's why it was so funny. Oh it was great. Goodness. Steve Young is with us in Studio B as part of BYU Sports Nation. Uh, you're promoting a brand new book, QB: My Life Behind the Spiral, and you're very busy. What's your life going to be like over the next few weeks promoting nope, this? That's thing? it. This is actually uh, um, there's a one more signing at Desert Book, and I think that's kind of it. Oh no, there's one uh, there's a book signing come up in uh, in a, next week, next week, end of next week in Gilbert, in Arizona. Gilbert Arizona. Thanks for the yeah, tip. You're you welcome. Like, help, me help Steve out. He's a little older. <laughs> come, on, like, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. But no, that the, the the heavy work is over, and uh, and it really wasn't that bad. It was fine, and um, and it's been fun. It's actually I've gotten. Where I've stepped into the shoes of an author, like I, I started like, oh well, I don't know, and I'm like, yeah, got a book, it's good. Yeah, and I, I'm an author, I do it. Yeah, yeah that's and, how I roll. And we've talked to Jeff Benedict for a couple of years now, and had a good relationship with him, uh, who who helps you write this, and and he told us about it uh, a few years ago. Right. When did you decide? Okay, this is something that I'm okay with the public knowing because it was originally like a, a memoir for your family, right? right. So then, once uh, I'd say. A year ago, um, my good friend Bob Gay, who put Jeff and I together, got a copy of it. And he read it. And he goes, Steve, you got to publish it. I'm like, there's no way. I'm, there's, I'm not doing it. I, I don't know. It just wasn't in my mind. And then a few months later, he saw me again. He's like, you got to publish it. Mm. And he got that look like, you know it's going to happen. So just let's do it. <laughs> and so that got it started. And we started talking about it. And so what really happened is my wife, Barb, she realized, oh, my gosh, this is going out. So she's the kind of person that's like, it has to be perfect. It has to be your voice. And so Jeff and I had talked a lot, and I'd done a lot of the work, but it wasn't like, Steve, that doesn't sound like you. And so she went through page by page, like, that doesn't sound like you. You've got to say this in your word, like exactly how you would say it. And so we spent, Jeff and I and Barb were like at the kitchen table. It seemed like a, long, a lot of year, hours going through it and getting it kind of revised and edited. And that's when I got... Um, I knew it was happening and I got more comfortable and I realized, you know what? People say, well, do you want to change anything? Because, you know, what you give your kids and I'm like, no. Like, let's either do this or don't do it. And um, so we, I don't, we didn't change a word. And uh, we changed, I changed a lot of it that I'm going to hand to both of them, but I didn't change one from the other with my kids. Or, But I really got started on this, like you said, to my kids would come home and say, Dad, I just heard this story about you and Joe Montana. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> so I kept, I, I kept saying – it kept happening. And I, and, and I said, I need to write it down because otherwise my kids who are not affiliated with it, 
uh, will never know what the what my story is. And that just led to all kinds of things, like what it was like to grow up and play, you know, just all the life lessons. It started to become that kind of a book. Mm-hmm. And by the time it went, you know, got published, the great thing about it is we added this last chapter that connected the kids and my family and Barb getting married and us having kids and that last, that you know, and, and, and retiring. And so, like, the kids were helping with the cover and they were helping the, and Barb was doing the, the title. And so it was like, a, what I started was to make it for the family. And what it ended was kind of like brought us together. So I, that's, I, cool. I, that's a good thing. Good thing. Understandably, some very personal and emotional stuff in there. And we both really enjoyed uh, reading that. And so that said, is there a most emotional part of the book that you, you can pinpoint and say, wow, yeah, I can't believe that's in there? Hmm. Well, um, the car accident is a place that I had never really talked about ever. But certainly if I was going to tell my story to my children, I was going to tell that story, that part of it. Um, I don't think that people, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I was in Salt Lake City until second grade before we moved to Connecticut. Uh, I didn't go to school in first grade. At the beginning of the season, my parents go, well, you got to go to school. I'm not going. And I didn't understand why I didn't want to go, but what it was, and at you know, 30 years later in my life, I found out it was like this separation anxiety, this genetic thing that's actually in my mom's family, up, you know, sprinkled around, and how that informed my whole life because I didn't want to go to first grade. Or I, when my parents, you know, I remember vividly, Meadowmore Elementary School in Cottonwood, my dad picked me up after school. I can still f- smell, see, Hear the, the on the on the radio is big big girls don't cry and I'm like yeah big boys do because I'm, <laughs> I'm wailing because he's taking me over to my aunt's house in Sandy because they're leaving town and I'm I'm like distraught I'm like and that weekend was one of the worst weekends of my life mm. and so looking back you know like, then the life goes on you know like but how it affected that anxiety kind of hung around for a lot of my. You know, coming to college, I didn't unpack my bag. I was at Heelman Halls. The whole first semester, my bag never got unpacked. Hmm. Every day I was like, I'm going home. I'm going home. And I'd make it another day. And that's how you do it. You just, you make it another day. And by the time I went home at Christmas, I remember going home. Like, I can't wait to get home. I get home. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, no, home's back there. Like I was set. Like I'd made the transition. And, uh, and now Provo was my home, you know. But then I get signed to the USFL. And that's part of the story, too. I'm like. I can't. I'm stuck. My dad has to come pack my stuff. Yeah. I'm the forty million dollar man. He has to pack my stuff. He says we got to go. And I'm like, I can't. Oh. I can't do it. And that's that story of George Curtis. The, the I don't mm-hmm. know if you read. Yep. Where he, I mean, I'm going to start crying. I do this all the time now because it's these things are now such a part of. I don't. I haven't told these stories very often. Where he picks me up. He's the guy that picks me up at the airport to say. And I'm. I tell him. Uh, Mr. Curtis, I just want you to know, I don't. I, this isn't going to work. I mean, I was kind of these. Con- I had this crazy idea that I was just going to cancel the contract. You know, like I um, <laughs> go back to BYU and you know, for, that would have made the uh, news for the, as well for the sixth year. Yeah, I made the news <laughs> as well. That would have yeah. been, been something. Either way, yeah. But then you know, so it's fun. I don't know what your original question was. Off. That was some of the stuff. Oh, that, that was, was the answer. The, yeah. emo- yeah. the emotional part of the book. And, sure. and there are a ton of these stories in this book. If you're a BYU fan, you have to have this book. I've really enjoyed reading this uh, and getting to know you on another level, right? That you've shared publicly. What I want to know is what story or idea were you close to putting in but didn't quite make the cut? Because I imagine there was a lot of material to uh, sift through in your life. You know, I, I tried to 
I tried to everything that I was important to me or that affected how I what my next move was, you know. And then some funny ones, things that were I mean there's a lot of goofball things that you know, hijinks between. But I included some of those too. Just Joe Montana and I you know, chaining all the bikes up at training camp, you know, when people come out from <laughs> night meetings, you know, or, uh, you know, just goofball stuff. But so even some of the goofy things, but I just tried to think of the things that I would want my kids to know. You know, what, 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 what do you want your kids to know about that part of your life? What is useful, informative to them? And that's kind of was my, was my guide. Did you learn anything new about yourself through this whole process? Yeah, that's a great question because, uh, First of all, we dug up a lot of stories that I'd forgotten. That was a, that was the the hidden gem of the, this process for me was things that I had uh, kind of put they'd happened and I just put them on a shelf or something. I didn't remember them, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such an important story to the narrative. Uh, so that that part uh, uh, was really important to me, um, and trying to to me figuring out. Um, what I would put in, what I'd kick out, what I would, uh, what was important. I don't know. I just was a, it was a process that uh, I, I really loved. And now having it out, having people respond to me and in almost like friendship, like the, one of those writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, he called me to do an interview. He goes, I, I couldn't do my first job. I had anxiety. I couldn't. I was like, we're brothers, you know, we're in this <laughs> yeah. together. Like it was just, it's funny. All of a sudden by doing this, you bring yourself to a place where people can feel connected to you. Mm-hmm. I, I think I really enjoy that. I think that's fun. When you look at uh, this whole process, um, how emotional was it? Had highs, lows, reliving a lot of this? Right? No, I didn't. I, 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 um, a lot of it was uh, blocking and tackling. Like, like it, I knew that I wanted my kids to have this. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're doing this because I'm sick of the stories, right? So we're going to – so a lot of it was just <laughs> get it – um, but I was also very interested in making sure that I got to all – like we de- we went deep into – talked to a lot of the teammates and a lot of association and friends and family and people that, that I had never gone back. Like there was a, a family, Doug and Barbara Scher, who was a, were assigned to me at, at freshman at BYU as, a, as my host family. And so you got to go over there and, you know, dinner and you'd get to – if you needed something, you could go. And, and they were a really big part of my life, but I never – but then I started playing, and we moved on, and they were friends, but we never really got a chance to talk through, like, what, did, what do you remember about? What was fun? What, what, was your, what was your take on all that? And it was to have Doug, like, well, this is how we saw you, and, you know, I'm like, oh, I love hearing that. Like, I probably wouldn't have mattered back then, but today was kind of mm-hmm. neat. Steve Young with us in Studio B, part of BYU Sports Nation. He is on a book tour right now, QB, My Life Behind the Spiral. Uh, you can get this a bunch of different ways. But, Steve, what's, what's so, the best I way mean, to So, I mean, Desert Book is this? the place in Utah to, to grab it, obviously on Amazon. I mean, you know, one click away, just grab it. Uh, I'd deliver it to you if I could, but I can't, can't quite pull that off. Just but, throw uh, it for country thousand dollars. Steve Young will show up at your house and deliver can, it to you. I can spiral it to you. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned Kalani Satake and BYU uh, last night on Monday Night Football. Um, what what have you seen from this team that you've liked and kind of this this new coaching staff? It's a gritty group. I mean, from the first game, I, you could feel the emotion. You could feel that it wasn't just. Uh, emotion for emotion's sake, there was there was substance to it. There was a camaraderie. There's a feeling that we're going to be we're going to we're going this is going to be okay. And so, despite the fact that there were some fits and starts, think about everything that's happened this year. 
I mean, there's some tough moments down by a touchdown in Salt Lake City, and what do you do? You answer. Now, look, we can say, well, two, one, I mean, we answered. We've answered it all year long. We're a gritty group. Last week in Boise State, that's a tough environment. Continually answered, found ways. It's not always the same solution every week. It's not like, oh, we have a one, we have a one-trick pony, and that's what we're going with. We're like... We're gonna we're collecting a lot of stuff. I think you, the the idea that we're leaning in and we're gritty is gonna attract a lot of talent. They're gonna go out and recruit off of what I think I think I, I feel from from the team and from Kalani and, and obviously Ty and the rest of the staff. And I just think they're gonna give them a couple of years to go recruit off of this what they're building. They're gonna get some they're gonna get some guys to come. I mean they're gonna really want to be here. You still have plenty of time to tease Ty Detmer though, right? About which thing? About the two out-of-bounds stakes he calls for legs? <laughs> <laughs> you should hear Jerem do his impersonation. It's actually pretty good. Uh, we're just going to run the ball, Taysom. Uh, just go up the middle, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> Kyle Van Noy was traded to the Patriots. What's your reaction to that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, car, the, the, the heavens have parted. I mean, Detroit's fine. Um, but you can get you can get stuck there and, and you know get a new start and and the fact that the fact that the Patriots want him he should take that as if I remember when the when the 49ers called you in, in 1987 or 1994 it was it meant more than someone else calling you because they they could take anybody and the fact that they can see potential in you that maybe you don't see in yourself something that you can do that others might not appreciate um, that's a for Kyle, it's a dream come true to find that that place. And now, if he can make it there, uh, you have the great platform to do some phenomenal things. And by the way, he's going to get a Super Bowl ring this year, so that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, he got the playoff <laughs> bonus as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to ask a, a kind of a two tiered question here. And the first tier is: um, if you were coaching Taysom Hill and um, Tanner Mangum right now, what what would you say to these guys taking over a pro style offense underneath Ty Detmer? Well, first of all, trust Ty. I remember I was in my 13th or 14th year. Ty was my teammate. He had joined the 49ers, and I'd come off the field, and you know Ty, and you probably should do this uh, for me. But he's like, Shreve, you know, uh, did you watch the safety? You know, I'm not doing it very You're doing it better than me. I'm like, did he chip his tooth? See what happened there? <laughs> that, was like, that was like a – was like, I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, okay. He's little, anyway, he's got a little whistle there. He got the whistle. Yeah. Anyway, we'll go. We'll go back to my voice on that one. But uh, he said, well, "Did you track the safety?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but you know, what did you, you know?" And so he was. Here's a kid that you know, five, six, seven, eight years younger than me, didn't play nearly as much, and he's he's telling me what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm like, "You're right." And so I, the, he, he's he's one of the, one of the most intuitive football players I ever met. He understood the the nuances of of the of the position in a way that n- very few do. So when when we were talking about coaching and I was trying to make some, I was like, we gotta have Ty, Ty's gotta come. And they're like, well, he's stuck down there and he loves ranch and you know, <laughs> get him because I just really believed in his his just innate nature and call and I I would love him to be the guy that calls my plays. Uh, and so I would tell both those guys, uh, Tanner and Taysom that. Look, just trust him, first of all. If, you, if he's saying something, make sure you, you do it. And then also, um, chal- I mean, in many ways, Ty will go as fast as you can go. Like if, he tr- if Ty trusts you, if you can build that trust with him, he'll, you want to throw the ball? 
then show them that you can be trusted. If you want to, you know, roll out, you want, but you know, I think Ty's the kind of guy that he's a heady dude. He's not somebody. He's three. He's three plays ahead, and so he. I think he needs to build that sense of trust. So you got to earn that. You got to go out there and study harder than anybody. Ty was the kind of guy that had everything memorized three times over. He had every nuance, every every position, every blitz, every formation. And so you got you to gotta do the work. And I think uh, I would love to be coached by Ty Detmer. I kind of was. Uh, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> now, second part of that question, Steve, is will you ever coach at any point in your life? It's, the, the, the time commitment is incredible. And there's no way with uh, – uh, and, and the way I have, you know, the way our my life is today, there's no way. But I love talking about the game, and I will tell anyone who wants to ask me questions. You know, I'll tell you my opinion and you like help where I can. Field goals, kicking. F- See, stop. God, <laughs> <laughs> got it. Because you know, it really is. It really hurt. I could see pain. There were some people last night that's, that were at the game who watched it live, and you could see that they were pained. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, you know, your legacy your legacy is dead <laughs> but yeah. I'm willing to risk it yes. for fun that's right for nothing everything yes can be bought with fun right yeah. <laughs> Steve great stuff uh, safe travels uh, throughout to your book tour to, through Deseret Book and then into Gilbert Arizona Gilbert Arizona so mark, mark thanks for down. the tip yep. next, next Thursday. Thursday next yeah. Thursday at 5 see you be- can't trick me twice <laughs> you're right before you go we need you to, We'll say goodbye, but we need you to sign our stretch wife flag as well. Yeah, so, is this awesome. the first? This Why is, is this the first time I've signed it? Well, last you, time you said, you, "Oh, let's not we, have him sign it." We no, rotated. No, you signed. You signed flag. the old flag. This is a new flag. Okay, all right. I was just wondering. Maybe I was. <laughs> you're you're a new man now. Right. So we appreciate the time, Steve. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks, man. Steve. Steve Young on BYU Sports Nation, and I will never forget his Ty Detmer impersonation or the attempt there. It was about as good as his field goal attempt on Monday Night Football. <laughs> It's always good to have Steve here. He's oh. been in a couple times, and uh, it's a great interview, great dude. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Check out his book, QB, My Life Behind the oh, Spiral. So good. you got to read it. Such good stuff. Read it. And he said, it's kind of slow. No, it, it's fantastic. No, it's not slow. I it's gobbled that up. It's not slow at quick. all. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Kyle Van Noy gets a call from Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, plus your way-too-early expectations for BYU hoops. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. You can watch the rebroadcast if you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation live weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget the Cougar tip-off. Your first chance to see the men's basketball team is tonight at 9 Eastern time on BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app. What are your way-too-early expectations for this BYU basketball team? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. <laughs> At DeFetch7. Okay. <laughs> Expectation keeps going up as their offense keeps getting better. August, they were everywhere. Now they're together in the game. We haven't even seen them play, dog. What? I, I'm confused. Yeah, so am I. Regardless. As their offense keeps getting better? They scrimmaged for like 10 minutes on Friday. <laughs> Wait, is that a tweet about football per se? Perhaps, maybe? <laughs> That's the tweet about football. We're talking about be, right? basketball. What defense seven? Kyle Van Noy headed to the Patriots, part of the <laughs> Cougar Whip Round next. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. We're talking about basketball. 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around men's basketball. Cougar fans, it's time for the Cougar Tip-Off. Tonight at 9 Eastern Time, the event's free to the public and will be live on BYTV.org and the BYTV app tonight! Head coach Dave Rose gave an update on injured players Elijah Bryant and LJ Rose saying Bryant is close, but doesn't expect him to play this week. Hopeful to have him for Princeton, I think. And Rose is still working his way back from an injured ankle, but hopes he can play tonight. Cougars in the NFL. Yesterday, the Patriots acquired linebacker Kyle Van Noy from the Detroit Lions for a sixth-round selection next year. Van Noy will wear the number 53 for the Pats after trading former Ute Trevor Riley to acquire the number. Soccer. I was so generous of the former Ute Trevor Riley to do that. Uh, there was money exchange. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. BYU moves up a spot in the NSCAA coaches poll to number five. Mm. The Cougars have been ranked in the top ten for nine straight weeks. They're fourth or fifth in the RPI. It's good. It's Whatever fourth. it is. It's fourth. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Future guest, Derwin Gray. Oh, he always brings it. He's, he's a uh, pastor, so he's awesome. Mackenzie St. Clair and Mary Lake. So softball and women's volleyball. Yes, I believe Amber will be joining Mary Lake as well. She's going to wear brace I don't on the know. set. <laughs> Heather, Heather Olmstead doesn't even know about Amber. <laughs> yeah, it's, Worry it's, more about San Diego exactly. than your alter ego knee brace. Take care of the Toreros on Friday. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. It's not often we want to credit the Patriots for anything, even though the uh, line producer today is a Patriots fan. Spoken like a true Seahawks fan. Breezy. Why did we throw that interception in the goal line? But the Patriots get to rise and shout because they traded for Kyle Van Noy. So that's cool. We can root for Kyle Van Noy, but not necessarily the Patriots. Run beast mode, please. <laughs> Run the ball. Hand off, Daryl Bevel. <laughs> Hand off. Not over it. What are your way too early expectations for this BYU basketball team? Back to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. At Derek Deschel 3. They dancing, as in the NCAA tournament. Oh, boy. There's a hat over here. Mm, there is. Derek, if you were here, I would give you the... We'd give you the tourney train. Tourney train hat. That thing is so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it is so ugly. It's so ugly. Hey, at AE5LD, by the way, he says, The Steve Young interview was the best thing you guys have done. I've listened to or watched every show. Wow. That's really nice. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm glad that you guys enjoyed that. Because having Steve Young on, that's great. The book is great. And it was great. If you missed it, we had Steve Young on. It was a fun interview. At Twiggier Stone answers the Twitter question today. Conference championship. Whoa. Both regular season and tournament. Whoa. Hashtag hey. are my blue goggles showing. Hey. hey, look out. Your blue goggles are showing. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to Terry Nashif, Steve Young, and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Our elite tweet of the day from at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94. Start slow, finish strong. Make it to and win first round of the NCAA tournament. Their young future is bright. I love it. <laughs> Show on demand, BYUSN.com. What's going on for in the Jeremiah Spencer, room? shout out to Reed Noble. Later, <laughs> Michael Hunter. <laughs>